Hello and welcome back to Where Are All My Friends. First and foremost, I hope everyone out there is staying as healthy and safe as possible. At the time of recording this, coronavirus is really going crazy all over, and for the most part, everyone is doing a great job social distancing, working from home, being extra cautious, which I really hope in the big picture slows this down, saves lives, and makes this last as short as it possibly can. With that said, it's really weird times where because of social distancing and not going out as much, there's less social interaction, it's easier to get stuck inside of your head. At least for me, it feels really weird right now. So I wanted to do everything possible to spread as much positivity and keep people inspired. With that said, this episode is with Paul Conroy. I had him on the show before, episode 21. He told his story, and he is one of the most inspirational people I have ever met. He is so good at following his purpose, staying inspired, staying true to the course, blocking out distractions, and has accomplished so much in music, action sports, and so many things beyond that now. So if you're interested in that, if you did listen to that episode, either way, go back, refresh, it's incredible. This episode, though, we jump right into some actionable advice. His story's been told, and I wanted to talk about a specific subject with him. And that subject is the importance of listening to yourself, blocking out distractions, and staying true to your goals and purpose. So this was a really, really cool episode. I got so much out of it myself. I've really been wanting to try to do episodes like this where I'll have these popular guests come back and talk about specific subjects, which is exactly what he did. All of that said, I really hope you guys enjoy this one. Let us know if you did. I'll be back next week with another. Enjoy. Here we are. Where are all my friends? And this is special because we are back with a very popular guest. (laughs) We did an incredible episode beforehand where we told Paul Conroy's story through and through, and I was inspired out of my mind. Thank you. There were so many cool gems in there, and obviously I'll intro that and you can listen to that episode. But the whole point of this follow-up episode was you've done so much, you've accomplished so much, you have such good life advice, and we didn't have time to tell it Because you also had such a crazy story. (laughs) Thank you. So I wanted to come back to this, and it's something that I've been personally excited about in the podcast to start doing more of. Like when somebody has such a great story, perspective, all that, digging in, sharing some real actionable advice and just getting right into that. Yes. So when you were down to do this, I was all sorts of excited. Here we are. The time is now. Let's go. Let's go. So I kind of broke down a structure. Wherever the conversation goes, it goes. But I kind of had some outlines and some things that I specifically respect about what you do so well. Yes. Uh, The first part on that is doing what matters and blocking out distractions. Sure. Because, I I mean, personally, I struggle with it. I'm sure a lot of people do with the internet and what feels like opportunity everywhere. Yes. Like, I think both of us related on getting really excited about there's so many things happening. You're like, what if we do it all? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's hard to sometimes, like, hone in on that. And I just wanted to get your perspective on how you do that and how you prioritize what matters and how you stay in a lane because it takes discipline and patience. Absolutely. I I schedule damn near – every minute of every day. Like I calendar and it's, 
beyond like meetings and phone calls, I calendar how I prepare for things. I calendar time to reflect and clearly, you know, time to work out. I'll, you know, I'll block out certain times at times just to make sure like I'm there for my family even. And I think that the the structure around my schedule has been a huge part of my personal growth. I think as it relates to my career, the biggest learning for me, and this this may be the simplest piece of guidance you're ever going to hear from anybody. And it's, it's damn near embarrassing that like, I realized this at like 48, but I'm 50 now. And I think two years ago, I realized when I put enough time into preparing for something, I can accomplish anything, right? Like no meeting is too big for me if I prepare for it the right way, right? And in order to prepare for big meetings or big phone calls or presentations the right way, you've got to commit the time, right? So just blocking out huge chunks of time to think about an hour phone call or an hour meeting, like, you know, they're in the past, I would get really nervous about bigger meetings, right? Yes. Yeah. And that's, and that, and it was a, even as I was like, climbing through the music business or what I'd done in skateboarding or building new businesses, you just get put in these places that are unfamiliar, right? Which creates discomfort, which can create anxiety. And I realized a couple of years ago that like the way to mitigate anxiety and optimize performance is just to over-prepare, right? I literally will like script out a conversation I'm having with somebody in a meeting. Like I'll write it down. Then I'll literally kind of talk to myself, talking it through. Then I'll modify how I'm going to like, oh, you know what? Like that, that doesn't feel right when I say it. So let me think about it this way. And this process of over-preparing has led to such a drastic increase in like, the positive results of my meetings, right? But in order to prepare like that, you've got to block out the time, right? And when you have other things you need to do with your business and you've got a family that is your top priority and you want to take care of yourself and you want to train, you've just got to be super disciplined in how you protect your schedule, right? So I think for me, um, just really detailed, thoughtful scheduling, they can carve out big blocks of time to prepare for the shit that matters most to me has been a huge thing. And then like, I start off every morning journaling as we've talked about and inside of my journaling process, I identify like the big goals for the day. And then as part of my journaling process, I also, and this is something I just didn't do when I was younger, I spend real time reflecting, right? And that moment of reflection allows me to like be honest with myself. Like, am I on track or not, right? Like, am I am I putting the right amount of time into the right things? Am I doing the right things with the right people? And I would say that the 30, 35-year-old, 40-year-old version of myself, I just went so damn hard 
didn't have enough time to reflect that I would just find myself way too far down the road on something and then kind of realize too late I wasn't doing the right thing, right? I wasn't like doing the right kind of deal. I wasn't collaborating with the right kind of people. I like whatever it may be, it's because I sped too much through life and didn't reflect enough. Dude, that's there's a lot to unpack there. And that was so well said. Here we go. Couple questions there though. Yes. All right. So I agree with all of that. And it's so cool to hear from you because it's a little, it's encouraging, right? Because here I am at 30 and I'm like, man, I want to be better at this. And it's cool to hear somebody so accomplished be like, dude, I didn't figure it out until this much later. Yeah. So that's cool. And that's awesome of you to be so humble as to say that. Truth. Quite like specific questions though, because you said some things that really stuck. When you talk about like super scheduling on a calendar and all that. Specifically, like what calendar are you using? How do you break that down? Like what's your calendar look like? Are you blocking in 30 minutes, an hour, Google calendar? Like what's that, what's that look like? Yeah. And I, you know, I'm fortunate to have an amazing assistant, right? That helps me with all. Yes, she is. She does a great job. Um, So Microsoft Outlook, right? Mm -hmm. And just, you know, we have a process where, every morning and even like during the weekends and Sunday mornings in particular, you know, Danielle and I will take an hour and kind of clean up whatever didn't get done the week before and then look ahead and just make sure everything with the calendar is where it needs to be. So you'll refresh every week? Yes. If it starts to feel stickier, it won't be a month of we have this, like every week you'll take time to clean it up. Absolutely. And we're, we modify, I mean, the calendar really on a daily basis. Right. And I think, you know, to your question, like I will typically block out, you know, 45 minutes for phone calls. I'll block out, you know, an hour for, uh, in-person meetings, maybe an hour and 15 minutes for lunch. But then it's really about like, okay, what am like, what am I trying to accomplish yeah. with these phone calls and these meetings? And then how much do I need to prepare? Right. I could, I could spend, I could spend two and a half hours preparing for a 45 minute phone call because I need to think about, okay, this phone call could head in four different directions. Yeah. And how am I going to deal with every direction it could go in? Like, well, that I, was my next question. Yeah. Like, so I agree. Like, okay, cool. So preparing. Yes. I think when I think about specifically Instagram, but just like yeah. the internet, I feel at least to me, my perception is it's cool to just be naturally good at something, to just effortlessly I be like, wish, oh, what up? Here's yeah. me, I'm perfect at it. Yeah. Or like you see people online showing their best version. So then when you go and try it, you're like, oh, it'll be easy. Yeah. And there's a lot of time that goes into that. And I think that it's like, that's what's cool is learning how to put that time in and use that. Yes. So when you're putting that time in, like what are you, like, I mean, you said that pretty well of like, you're visualizing the conversation, you're visualizing where it wants to go, Yep. but you'll put real hours into preparation. I will. And even, you know, even like scheduled weekly calls, right. You know, spending, you know, an hour thinking about the agenda and then kind of the details of how the conversation can flow within the agenda. And like, I have to say like, you know, when I was, um, even like when I was like running Rob's company, I was CEO of Rob's company, right? At, and I was at that point in my early 40s. Yeah. Like, 
I was showing up to meetings without agendas, without purpose. This is like, again, it's to your point about like, it's cool. Like, let's be natural. Let's flow. You can get by doing that, right? Yeah. Like, and you know, and look, I, I'm good speaking with people and I am, you know, somewhat creative and somewhat strategic. And yes, I can get through meetings that way. But when it comes to like every minute counts, like how am I going to optimize this opportunity with this person or these people? Like, let's be really specific and what the intent is for the meeting. And let's really think through all the different ways that meeting can go. So when it's done, I've gotten the most I can out of it. And here's the thing as well, too. Meetings do not always go for all of the preparation. This is really important. This is like a really important kind of mental thing for me. In spite of the best preparation, some meetings are going to go to shit, right? And what I, when I was younger and I didn't prepare, when meetings didn't go well, I'd really beat myself up, right? Yeah. Like I was really, I, like, I was very critical on myself. Yeah, it, instantly it's just you, right? It's like as soon as it fails or something, you're like, I am the worst. Yeah, like, yeah. I, like I'm really hard on myself. And now when I prepare my ass off for a meeting, if it doesn't go well, I can step back, I can look at it objectively and say, you know what? I gave that meeting all I could. Like I did my best to be at my best in the meeting. Some things just aren't going to work out the way you want them to. And you just got to keep it moving, right? So like I think one of my biggest issues with myself is being too hard on myself. Dude. And the approach to preparation has allowed me, it's enabled me to be kinder to myself when things don't go the way I'd, I'd want them to. Which is huge in itself. So to not get too sidetracked from the initial question, which okay. kind of is another part of you answering it, you said that like you really take a second to look at what matters, right? Yeah. And you look at the bigger picture goal. Because my original question is like, how do you block out distractions? Yeah. So we're talking about calendar and schedule to the minute. Yes. Talking about preparing for the meetings. And we also talk about cleaning up the calendar and all that, yeah. but that can all get really grindy and you lose sight of why you're doing that if you don't have like the purpose in yes. sight. Yes. So tell me about that. Like yeah. when you really take the time for yourself to remind yourself why you're doing it, Yes. that's something that I, I try and I've gotten better, but I yeah. think there's magic in that. Yeah. Because if you can really know what that end goal is, yep. then it's worth it to have the calendar and it's worth it to have the the discipline. How do you align those goals? How do you visualize that? Yeah, no, it's great. Uh, so like at the very top, right? Like my, my life is broken down into three buckets, right? It's just, it's family and inside of family are close friends that I consider family, right? And look, the reality is at this point in my life, I don't have the big crew of friends I used to have, right? Because I I just need depth in my relationships, right? I don't need breadth. I don't need, I don't need to have a ton of friends, right? So it's like family, right? Like my wife and kids at the epicenter of that, right? And then just kind of getting out from there into like very close friends. Then I've got 
my business as well too. And then I've got myself, right? And myself, that's huge for me, whether it be training jujitsu, whether it be meditating twice a day, like I, all three of those things need to be like, there needs to be a certain sense of equilibrium with those things. Right. And like, that's not like, oh, I've got to give like a third as much time to, you know, my family. Like it, it just by reflection and by setting up your day every day, you can figure out how to give your family and yourself and your business the right amount of time, right? So like up, so those three things account for 99% of the things that matter to me, right? In my existence, right? So out the gate, when you look at anything, you're weighing it against that. Yeah, like how is it like, what's like, where is it falling into place there, right? Is it, you know, is this something I'm doing with my family? Like awesome. And, And I've, and like, when I'm looking at my schedule, if I'm going to be in LA for a couple of days or if I'm traveling and I'm looking forward at my schedule, it's like, all right, I, like I, I need to find more time for my family. Right. And my girls like dance at night and they're in the studio for, you know, till like nine o'clock at night, four days a week. So like, you know, two days ago I had said to like Daniela, like, Hey, you know what? Like block off until 10 o'clock on Wednesday morning. Cause like, it's like, Cool. I know I need to put like a few more times in, a few more hours in with just being present with my family, right? Yeah. And I'm just so, and this, it's going to be hard to articulate, but I am so in tune with my high priorities up here, right? At the highest level, I can understand how to block out even a couple of hours of time like in a week to super serve what's happening up here, right? Like another example would be um, I decided about a year ago that uh, like I train jujitsu down here in Carlsbad a couple times a week, right? But then I've got like a really close group of friends that will train uh, in Orange County on Wednesday afternoons, right? So I, and like it's, I was nervous about taking time on a Wednesday afternoon in the middle of the work week to train with these guys that are important to me because it's like, oh, I'm going to disrupt my work week, right? Yeah. But training's important to me. These guys in particular are really important to me. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to commit to doing this. Everything else with my business is going to figure itself out around it. Yeah. And it's like proven to be like, one of the greatest things I've done for my schedule because in the middle of the week when things are so intense, right in the middle of that, it's like here I am spending two hours with people that like I love doing something I love that's so great for me physically and mentally, right? You come back so re-inspired and so fired up. It's And I, I literally will get on the other side of that training with these guys and like I will be on fire for the rest of the week, right? Yes. And like all of these things are really connected. And I'm, I'm glad you kind of stepped me back to kind of establish like <laughs> what's most important at the high level, right? Yeah. And it's, and there's kind of, there's goals I'll set, right? Like 
you know, whether it be self and like how I'm going to pro, you know, advance in like jujitsu or like, you know, how I'm going to commit to like meditation and there's business goals, right? Revenue, profitability, like new business. Then there's family goals as well too. So like I have those up here, Mm -hmm. but then they literally will distill all the way down into day-to-day goals. And then those day-to-day goals are connected to my schedule as well too, right? And like when I, my schedule is always complete before I'm journaling in the morning, but my process of journaling in the morning is, okay, I look at my 12 hours worth of scheduling and then I focus on like, okay, what few things are most important to me during that 12-hour time period? And let's literally like write out how I'm going to accomplish what I need to accomplish at the highest level for these most important things inside of that 12-hour period, right? Yeah. Because I like, dude, yes. Because I <laughs> I say that or I, I ask that question, I think about it. And I think like with myself, right? Like podcasting is such a huge priority. Yes. And I look at all these huge podcasts. I'm like, man, how does how do I get that big? And I think everybody has a, that thing, right? Sure. Whatever that thing is you're chasing, whatever you're prioritizing, whatever your top buckets are, you know the goal. You yep. know the what it looks like at the perfect level. Yes. Sometimes it's hard to confront or sometimes the idea of that seems absolutely impossible. But then when you look at the day-to-day, and this kind of comes back to like blocking out distractions yeah. and staying focused on that, it's like when you look at the day-to-day and you look at your hours into advancing on that, sometimes the discrepancy is insane. Of course. It's like the amount of hours I could spend in emails where it's like, yes, yes they're needed. I have to respond, whatever. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I can get so burnt out because I'm like, damn, like I didn't chase the podcast at all. And it's like, blocking out those distractions, I think. Absolutely. And keeping in mind that bigger picture because like putting in that work towards the things that matter, Yep. that to me is something that I really struggle with. And I see you accomplishing so much at such a large level. And I'm like, damn, how do you block those distractions out? How do you say this is the big bucket and it's getting this many hours on the calendar? And, and to that, man, like it, you know, what I've, what I've realized, um, big goals were, I did not set goals at all for a big part of my life. And really? I think, yeah. I mean, I, I would, I would say for the first 45 years of my life. Yeah. Ooh. I really, I didn't commit to goal setting. And then when I started to like toy around with goal setting before I got committed to it, I think there was an aspect of like my goals would actually intimidate me, right? Like, you know, you would kind of set these goals up here. And then to your point, it's like, how am I ever going to get there? Right. But like what, but what I, what I've, how I've gotten really good at staying committed to my goals again is breaking it down literally one day at a time, right? Where it's like, okay, here's Friday, right? My schedule, and I've set up my schedule to super serve those goals, right? So like these, it's in my calendar, right? And I am going to prepare so that like, I'm going to be at my best for these things that are in my calendar. And the reality is, man, um, sometimes your inbox is going to suffer. Sometimes things on the fringe and it's uncomfortable, like, okay, I'm so focused on what's really important to me, 
this thing over here that's on the fringe isn't going to happen today. And it may not happen until next Friday, right? Yeah. And I used to be so into just like making sure my inbox was as like, you know, clean as humanly possible. But what I realized is half of the things in my inbox were me reacting to other people's priorities and me not getting done what was most important to me, right? Yes. So it's you really just laying out your life so everything that you do is literally super serving the highest goals that are most important to you and then blocking out the time for those things and staying committed to it and then like not half-assing your way into those blocks of time so you're not being at your best. And then it's like, having blocks of time to prepare for those meetings that are in your schedule, right? And like, you know, we're, we just closed on a, um, a pretty big project, right? And like, I was talking to Daniela, my assistant yesterday, it's like, okay, I need to find like an hour a day on top of everything else I'm doing to make sure I'm staying focused on this project, which invariably means something else is going to have to fall by the wayside, right? Yeah, so that's a perfect example. Like yeah. that's a very real thing. Your company that you believe in is growing yes. and you have this right in front of you. Yes. You obviously take your new client seriously. Yes. But you have a very full life. Like how do you look at that? How do you break that down? Well, the big thing um that I've gotten way better at is empowering team, right? Like, oh. you know, I have um I have an amazing team of people that work with me. And then we've got like a trusted set of contractor relationships and advisors and board members. And I have made impact real life, my company way more about team and like way less about me. Right. And like that process of empowering other people. So I've got enough time to be on top of my priorities has been a huge learning for me because a um truthfully my team are better at so many of the things i was doing than i am right so like i think actually the quality of our work product is improving and me empowering other people is great for them they feel more vested in what our company is doing and then i am freed up to nail down the things that are just most important to me, right? And that in yeah. delegation, and I don't even, I don't like delegation actually, like collaboration, right? And empowering people has been huge for me because in the past, I, it was too much of the Paul show and like you can't scale the Paul show, right? You need to like, and, I, and I'm really most proud of my team. Like I, you know, building a team and, and having a culture that you can feel great about and the people inside of the team feel great about the culture. Yeah. That's what's going to matter most to me, you know, 20 years from now, yeah. right? 30 years from now. And all of those things, like the, you know, empowering others to handle really high level responsibilities inside of our company. Uh, again, it's how, it's how we can grow and I can stay committed to like my biggest priorities. That's huge. And it's cool again to hear because like I view you as like you, you've really, you've done it, you've gone through, you've learned these things so firsthand, you've been through so many experiences. And from the last episode, I'm thinking like one name that comes to mind or just something is like you worked with Biggie 
so long ago, right? Of course. Saw and Biggie on Wednesday. He's like, Biggie chokes me out once a week. <laughs> he literally beats me up once a week, but yes. Well, when you met him, he had started as a tour manager, right? Yes. And weren't you kind of a piece of him doing more than just that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we um, we had a meeting at Warp Tour in Camden, New Jersey, maybe 2008, maybe even earlier than that. Um, and he was TMing every time I die. And I just remember like being in like the merchandising area where all the bands set up the merch and like saying to him like, hey, man, like you, if you get off the road, you have a massive career as a manager, right? And like, yeah. and if you're going to get off the road and be a manager, like I would love for you to do that with me, right? And um, and it's cool. Like, it, like look what happened. It, well, you know what? You An know what empire. Was, here's what's really, here's a great story. And I hope Biggie doesn't, mind me saying this um we went to see mad ball in orange county saturday oh, night chain? like yeah we were yeah, the yeah. yeah like i i go to one show a year it's mad ball <laughs> like i love those guys you know they were signed to like a record label but like they they've really like just kind of become a part of like my family right and biggie was there as well too and we were watching mad ball and like the singer of Knocked Loose was there cool. who are, you know, Biggie's management clients and Biggie turned to the singer of Knocked Loose and he was like, you know, like, this is like my mentor. Like he just had like such amazing things to say about me. Right. And I, I texted him the day after I was like, man, like, you know, I, he inspires me so much yeah. that it blows me away to hear him introduce me to other people that way. You know, like he is such an inspiring guy, but yeah, it goes like, well over 10 years ago, just pulling him off the road, getting him into management. And he has like such a great life with his business and his amazing family. And his wife's an amazing entrepreneur and he's incredible at jujitsu. And when I, when I talk about like family and friends that are like family, like it's that's, there. that's him for sure. Well, so the, just what made me think about that though is like, okay, so you had the Paul show for so long. Yes. But look what happens when you set ego aside and you, you do so empower right. people. Like, like look at like you're still doing yeah. great. You you grew because you found this incredible person, and then he built an empire, and everyone grew. And I think that that's so cool. Like, I think it can become so easy to be like me, 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 and I have to do it all. But it's like if you check your ego, step aside, and say, "Damn, this person's maybe better than I am here. Yeah. Or this person could be great." Yeah. What if I what if I give them that platform? Look what happened. You know what's crazy about that? Um, that's Biggie's actually like one of the very first examples of me like letting go and really like empowering. Really? And yeah, and it's it's amazing that you bring him up. But yeah, when he had his roster of artists, and like I really got to the point where I kind of supported him from afar. I was there when he needed me for his clients, right? But I was not in the mix with his clients. He was the first real example of that, right? And, and again, you look at like where that's taken him and I'm so proud of where it's taken him. And I think now, right, that that mentality, I apply to everybody that's on my team, right? It's like, you know, I, I want my team to have ownership of everything we do. And I love, you know, I had a, we had a big call this morning and Adam, who you met earlier, our head of business development, like 
It was a really big call. And like Adam led the call and I'm like sitting in here on the call, but like he's just driving the call. And like, and for me, when that calls, the 40 year old version of me would have felt like, well, I've like, I've got to be a voice on this call, right? Like, yeah. like and, and, it, and it was truthfully not for the right reasons, right? My own insecurities, ego, whatever it was. But for me to sit in on the call, say very little, right? He had to really think about how to lead that call and structure it from a preparation standpoint. That saved me hours because he was holding it down, right? Yeah. And that's where, that's how I want everything to be with my yeah. business right now, right? Like I, there are certain things I will certainly have to do um, and be accountable for, be in the weeds with, but the more I can prop everybody else up um, to, to lead, I just think the better it is for my company. And then I find so much inspiration out of seeing other people on my team have great moments. Yeah. Well, and then that frees up your time. Exactly. Yeah. That I just, I really like that. And I think about that and I, I can't help but think about like a listener who maybe is thinking like sick must be nice, but like when must be nice to have a team, must be nice to do that. Yeah. So what yeah. about like, where in your life did you know it was time? How do you start? Like if you're feeling like yeah. your schedule's full, how do you differentiate I'm prioritizing wrong and I'm just doing a bunch of stupid shit that I could, like if I were to dial it in myself, I could be good versus damn, I've generated a lot of opportunities here yeah. and now my create and whatever I've done has done so well that I have too many things and I need a team. How did you differentiate that and how do you find a team? How do you, how do you set that ego aside and be like, you might be great at this? Yeah. Um, I, and this is again, probably an oversimplification, but no, like please. really being honest with yourself, man. Like I, you know, I, um, it took me, um, it took me therapists. It took me executive coaches. It took a lot of people from, it took mentors, right? Advisors getting, allowing myself to be enabling myself to be open-minded enough to hear the constructive feedback from others got me to the place where I could start to hear myself and hear what's important to me. Right. And I think, um, you know, when I go back a few years ago, I was in a place where I felt I could have been so much better on every aspect of my life, physically, mentally, spiritually, even though like I'm not religious, but like, I, I just knew that like all aspects of me, could be better. Yeah. Right. And I, and just by getting feedback from others, um, it enabled me again to like be honest with myself and ultimately determine whether it's, you know, team members, whether it's things I needed to do with my own life, whether it's like things I needed to cut out as well too. Um, that process of being honest with yourself catapulted me into like doing things that were actionable yeah. that like changed me. Right. And like another thing, and I don't know if we talked about this on the, our, our last uh, podcast or not, Please, but in. like I, you know, I stopped drinking like over a year ago. Right. Yeah. And, and it wasn't like this, Oh my God, I'm going to stop drinking. I literally 
I went for a run. It was like right after Christmas, December of 18. I just went for a run and I got done the run. And I was like, you know what? Like, I didn't like that wasn't as good as it could have been. Right. And I, was, I had a few glasses of wine the night before. Right. And like, rather than taking that feeling and just like burying it, it was just like, literally I got done a run. I was like, what was my wife and I were away. I was walking back to the hotel room and I'm like, you know what? I'm not into that. Like I, like I clearly was not the best I could. And it was, a, I wasn't competing. It was just me out going for a run, but I was like, I clearly was not as good at my run as I could yeah. have been because I was drinking last night. And you just knew. Like, and it was, and, internal, and it was like, that was that. And no one was calling you out on no it. No one, no. It was just it, you it was where just, you're like, I could have done better. I could have, and, and what's interesting, now there were years where I drank too much in my life for sure. I had been in the process of kind of weaning off, not of just moderation, right? Like I was sure. getting more into moderation, but like when that moment happened, I was like, eh, I'm done with this, right? And like, even like the amount of sleep I get, like I, you know, making an understanding like seven hours, like six and a half. But when I get below six and a half, like I'm not at my best. Yeah. So now like I go far out of my way to try and get like six and a half, seven hours of sleep because I know what it feels like when I'm sharp. Yeah. When I'm not sharp. And the reality is for so many years, I wasn't being sharp. And it's because I just, I wasn't paying attention to how right. I feel. I wasn't well, being honest with myself. That core thing that you said, which I, I really want to dig into because anybody can apply this at any point in your life, no matter what you do, is listening to yourself. Straight up. Like, Straight up. Dude, you said that to me. And I'm like, you know, I feel like you can look for those answers anyway. Oh, this is really hard for me. You don't understand my circumstances, this, and I have these people saying this and it's my family or whatever. But like, I just think that deep down there is that internal compass or check engine light or whatever that's always kind of telling you like, yes, that's it. No, that's not it. Yes. You know you have to do this, but it's hard. You know you have to have this conversation. You know you need to stop doing this. You need to do more of this. Yep. And I've at least found in my adult life, even being aware of that, that it becomes harder to listen to that voice and you want to stifle it more. You want to yeah. be like, nah, yeah. that's not it. Yeah. But here you are now proof that magic happens when you listen. And I, everything you just said there is what spirituality means to me, right? Wow. Like there is like, you know, there is this, I think there is this compass, right, that is inside of us, that is trying to take us in a certain direction, but you have to open yourself up to it, right? Like, you, like it's so easy to bury it and ignore it and, like, the process. And, you know, it's really, I mean, you know, as it relates to my company even, what's really interesting, you know, I... My entire life, right, my, most of my career, there have been events connected to everything I've done, right? And I've been in places where I've done many different things, but there was either like music festival or skateboarding league. Like there was always something connected to my business and events. And like in the last year, I realized that like 
going back to like my earliest memories as a kid, right? Whether it's going to like a football game with my dad and my brother, whether it's going to like a baseball card convention or music, right? Like just the feeling of going to music, like there is an inclusivity that is connected going to like events of a certain culture that like empowered me to have better relationships with like family and friends. And like, I, I just realized like, that's my purpose, right? Like my purpose in business is to create these events, right? That like will bring people together so they can have those kind of experiences that meant so much to me when like I was a kid and a teenager and in my early twenties, like that's like, and I, I mean, it's crazy that it 50, I just figured that out, right? But I did because, and it's because I listen honestly to myself and I commit the time to reflection. Dude, well, okay, so this is like so encompassing of everything I wanted to talk about yeah, because I, 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 maybe that is like the core. Maybe that's the first place you start, right? Because if you block out the calendar, if you set all these goals, yeah. if you're not listening, if you don't have that, yep. what's the point? And that's like really hard for me because the reason that's hard- You're right, man. Is because sometimes I know it and I yep. get stuck and I don't want to listen or I'll try to like force the discipline without it. Yep. And it just gets grindy. And that's why like- Yeah, man. That's this discussion to me is so important. So like- Yeah, like I, I have to say like, you're right. Like- Everyone probably needs to like go back, rewind to the beginning now that we've talked about this and hear everything over again because it does start with that. It does start with like listening to yourself and like even, even when I launched this company, right, and I knew that, you know, it's, at the time I was 45 launching a startup, but I've got a wife and kids, like I had to make changes to our lifestyle, right? To yeah. like, you know, where we live, the kind of cars we drove, like, you know, a fancy watch I sold, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Anybody listening, go back to the last episode and understand how many times Paul Conroy has moved around the country yeah. and how many years he's driven up and down from Carlsbad to Los Angeles yeah, in the right. back of a suburban for right. his family. Yeah. <laughs> and in like, right. And I, back then, when, man, this is, we're having a good conversation. Back then, when it, before I launched my company and I thought about changing lifestyles, right? It was me being able to like think about cars and watches and everything else being like, you know what? This is, this shit is irrelevant to me, right? What matters to me is my family having a quality life, having them taken care of, being able to create experiences for them. And then me having a business platform that is going to like inspire me every day. Right. And if certain things have to get cut out of my life, right. So be it, if it's going to help me with what's most important to me, yeah. like I, I mean, here's, and I, I'm going to share something else that's like a little bit embarrassing too. So when we had our we had our record label, right? And we sold half our company to the Warner Music Group. Um, yeah. 
we ended up getting like black cards, right? So like, you know what black cards are, right? Like, like the, the like OG titanium black card. OG black cards, right? So like for three years, four years, I had one of those black cards, right? Yeah, and the whole thing was it was no limit, right? Yeah, that was like it the was, initial. It was, it, it was just obnoxious, right? Yeah. And when I left the music business to launch my agency out here in Carlsbad and skateboarding, like Amex wouldn't let me switch over the black card, right? Like what I had from the music business, they're like, no, you're you're starting over. Like you can't take the black card with you. <laughs> and I was so pissed off, right? Because yeah. like I was just falsely connected to the status that came with that card, right? I loved like handing it to someone and they would like, like they would bounce it on the yeah. desk. Like, whoa, what is that made of, right? And you're like, oh, it's metal because I'm right. important. It's titanium, <laughs> yeah. right? And like bullshit, right? Yeah. And like it for me, when we started this company four and a half years ago and I was letting all of that go. Yeah huge part of growth for me and i can be so much happier now yeah. without that stuff well, but i had to get to the point where i could be honest with myself like these things are irrelevant yes let's focus on what's important okay so pause right there because that's yeah. freaking huge so you've experienced it and that's why i love conversations with you is like dude you did the craziest things in the world with rob deerdeck you made real money you made real companies so when you say things like that, it holds more weight to me. However, I get caught in those traps all the time. Sure. And I think we all do, right? Sure. Like everybody has their black card. Everybody yeah. is ranking their value off yeah. of something that deep down doesn't matter. Yeah. But again, like you said it, like when you looked at that bigger picture, when you found that bigger picture, you're like, all right, let it go. And yeah. now, I mean, how many years later, like, look how happy you are. It yeah. doesn't matter. You I laugh about it. So much. You're embarrassed about so, I like yeah. I'm, I'm I'm legitimately so much happier now. And it's, yeah, I mean, like, you know, all that went down, like, before, like, the world of Instagram and everything else, right? And, like, I, I'm so appreciative. I've just been able to shed all that, right? And, like, and I, I would say in retrospect, my journey is my journey. So there's no regrets whatsoever. Right. And I am better off now because of what's gotten me to this place. But like, if there's anybody that is younger out, I couldn't even fathom relating the 30 year old version of me couldn't fathom relating to what the 50 year old version of me is saying. Yeah. But it's cool. Like just talking to you about this, it's, I love talking to you about it because it's like, even if this doesn't become relevant for you for another 10 to 15 years, we're having the conversation now. And I love that. Like, I love being able to share real context with people that are younger that maybe they're going to think about things slightly different because of what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, exactly. Because I don't expect somebody to listen to every episode or to take the time to find everything and have it deeply relate. But to me, I found so much more value and I learned so much more than a college class or reading an article when I would hear certain gems, when I'd get little things from people that I really respected. Sure. And that's like, you know, we told your story in that first episode and you've accomplished so much, but 
hearing these lessons that you've learned coming from somebody that's done what you've done, that's been around the people you've been around and accomplished that holds more weight to me. It holds more than reading it in an article because I'm like, oh, I get it. I get why he changed all of this and I can see the fantasy factory in my head and I can see all of the music accomplishments and I know what those meetings look like and the fact that you had a black card is the biggest flex ever and going to dinner, all those things. So then when you're telling me these different pieces of advice and this perspective, I'm just like, damn, maybe I don't fully understand it or maybe I'm still chasing some stupid car or something and trying <laughs> to be cool. But it makes me want to be that much better and it makes me want to awesome. look at that a little bit different. And I would hope that anybody listening to this feels the same way. So it doesn't matter if it's awesome. not every dead on point. It's just like, here's an example of a dude that has experienced and done all of this and now has this incredible work-life balance. Yeah. And here are some yeah. tips and tricks from him. And if yeah. you relate to any of that story, yeah. here's more of it, you know? And three points to make, one of which is back then in the black card days. The um, black card days. The wealth was, I, I don't like, the wealth was fine, but like I wasn't like crazy wealthy, right? And right now, like, as I said to you before we started, I'm still on my startup grind, right? So, like, I don't want any of – I'm just speaking facts, but yeah. I don't want any of it to come off as, you know, perhaps more inflated than what I intended to. And then the other piece, too, like, I would never judge anyone, right, for where they're – especially anybody younger for where they're at in their journey because I – I almost feel like I like I've been multiple versions of myself over time. Cause when I look back at the 30 year old version of me, like I can't believe the difference or the 40 year old version. So like what I would never do is look at anybody that is like, you know, in their thirties or forties and like, just, you know, blown out with like, you know, expressions of wealth because, you know, like it's all part of our process, right? And, and by the way, like if that's, if you truly can find joy in those things, God bless. The, the, the important story here is I wasn't finding joy in those things. I was fronting like I was and I'm finding joy in other things, right? And just that, again, that process of like, okay, I really don't care about this Rolex. I really don't care about it, right? But man, I really care about taking my kids to Disneyland, right? Like like I the smile on their faces when we can go to Disneyland like man, that's awesome, right? Like I'm going to like I'm going to remember that forever, right? So like and it's just, you know, everyone all I would just say is that, like, again, it's that just being honest with yourself about, like, what really matters the most. And whatever that is, good on you if you're living yeah. that, right? Yeah. Well, like, beautiful and so well said because, again, in your last podcast, your story, you made so many scary pivots. Mm-hmm. And that, it's like, dude, you could have, your life could have stopped with music. You yeah. could be a major label dude right now and be miserable. 
And like, yeah, you, there was something there where you listened. Yeah. So it doesn't like it doesn't matter people's values, but the thing, the the crazy lesson, and what I admire so much is you've done a really good job and set a really good job, uh, a really good example of listening to yourself. So thank you. If anybody listening is at that point where they're like, shit, there's that thing that I know yeah. I need to like, it's there, and like they're listening yeah. to this and like, oh, I don't want to do it. Yeah. What do you do? What do you do when it's just there and it's just brewing and you're stuck? You know, it's I'll I'll tell you what was a huge online. I'm kind of repeating this, but I think it's it's worth repeating. The process of like it's brewing, like I'm just like, and honestly, you know, my um for me, my unhappiness with where things were. I kept trying to push it down and it ultimately manifested in panic attacks, right? So like, you know, I- Actual panic attacks. Yeah, I had like issues. Like I had been to the hospital a couple of times. I had like a, I had a panic attack on a flight back from Miami. I was in Miami for like a, a music gathering and panic attacks suck. Panic attacks on a plane where you can't escape- are not fun, right? And like, I literally got off that plane and I called a friend of mine that had like been going to a therapist and I was like, hey man, like I gotta go talk to someone. Like I just went through a horrible experience. And so as I started going to a therapist, what I realized is like, I'm paying this person. I can say anything to this person, right? And they're going to say back whatever they say, but like it was a like to the extent of like they could judge me, but like it doesn't matter once I leave that hour session, right? So like the process of me just unloading on a therapist and hearing myself say things me reacting to how I was saying things to my therapist really started the process of me being honest with myself, right? And I, I would encourage anybody that is jammed up on anything, even if they don't think they've got like mental health issues or what have you, go sit down with a therapist and just dump out what's in your heart or what's in your brain and see how that feels and then just work from there. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that because now it's like, as you've experienced that, the journaling, it's like, maybe now you're just better at listening where you needed to pay somebody to listen before. Yeah. Now, when you journal, it's funny, we did kind of do this, ba- this podcast backwards, but yeah. now <laughs> so when you funny, journal right? yeah. and you look at these goals and you're listening to yourself, like, that's what you're saying when you're like, listen to yourself. It's like, that's you not letting yourself get that panic attack. That's yes. you saying like, if I don't listen to myself here, I'm going to be on an airplane and I'm going to melt down. Yes. So yeah. maybe younger you and anybody listening, maybe maybe the muscle and the ability to journal it isn't there out the rip and you do need somebody else to help you. But I yeah. feel like the theme in this is just how powerful things can be when you do listen to yourself. And I absolutely, and I think the other... Um, the other side of the spectrum is how challenging things can become when you repress listening to yourself, right? Like, Huge, I, yes. you know what's crazy too, man? Like you, you get me to talk about things that, like <laughs> I, like I, I just, I wouldn't think about talking about, but like just to 
give you perspective on like how jammed up I was mentally and emotionally when I went through that panic attack episode and I was like a few sessions into my therapy session, like the therapist like recommended I go on medication. Right. And I was just like, what? Like medication. And I was like, no. And and by the way, there are people that need to be on medication. So it's nothing about that, but what it was about, I was like, you know what? I need to really get my shit together before I'm going to make a determination on like whether medication's relevant for me or not, right? And that was like the first step down a several year path of like, I got to keep being better. I got to keep being better. And like, you know, not only like, you know, did I end up not going on medication, I'm like, I am so proud so happy with where I'm at and and I'm still so committed to like being so much better, but it's crazy. Like in a 10 year period, right? That was the swing. And if, and if I could really boil it down to like when things were like at the gnarliest, it was like, I was not listening to myself at, I was just burying it, burying it, burying it. And it manifested in panic attacks. It manifested in a therapist telling me I needed to get on medication. Like that's that's the opposite side yeah. from my personal experience of not being real with yourself. And play that out even further. Had you gone on medication, like my analogy, yeah. my analogy <laughs> to that is like if you have a boat with a small hole and like it's not easy to fix, but you could, if medication is duct tape, you're gonna keep the water out for a little bit, but it will Straight need up. more and more tape. And you're not 100%. fixing the issue. Yes. So had you at that time taken medication before you were honest with yourself where you're like, I could fix this boat. You would have been in this thing that would have gotten worse and worse. You wouldn't have made the pivots. You could have been in a spot in your life where you were deep down really sad and you yeah. could have changed it. That's, that is, I, I think about, right, if I went down that road, that what I would call like the numbing effect of just like, taking medication and like just mitigating panic attacks. Right. But never putting myself in a place to like, well, Hey, how about I just like try and be like way better than what I am? Like, how about I take the response, put the responsibility on myself and just start getting after it the right way and see where that gets me, which is what happened. And here's the full circle thing of like why I'm so excited to talk to you because here is a 50 year old dude who's happy as shit because he took that uncomfortable step of listening to himself. Yeah. And I don't know if I would have been sitting down with Paul that was stifling a, a voice and no didn't way. do something about it. You're absolutely. And, you know, I just said this to you before we started today. Like, I am literally doing, like, more cool things now at 50 than I did at 40 or 30 or even 20, right? So it's just like, you know, because I've got myself in the right frame of mind, um, I... I feel amazing at 50, right? Which again, the 30-year-old version of me would be like, whoa, like 50, you're an old man at 50. No way. That's huge. I we hit our hour. (laughs) Is it an hour already? We did it, dude. It happens happens to us every time. But that was that was awesome. I love Love the first one. I I I think this one, um, we took our conversation to places that I have not been able to do in the past in a platform like this. So thank you.
Dude, you're so welcome. And again, listeners, please give us feedback because yeah, I, yeah, 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 please. I mean, I'm just obsessed with podcasting, but I love hearing people's stories. I also love getting into a conversation that's a little bit different and that is talking about one specific subject or personally improving on things. So when I have somebody like yourself who's willing to give me an hour and share this, it's so huge to me. So if you're listening and this did help you, if you want to hear more, I will happily drive down to Carlsbad again. And I'll happily, we'll post up in my conference room yet again, man. Yeah. That works for me for sure. So thank you for doing this though. I, this is, this is really cool for me. I, I got a lot out of it too. Awesome. Thank you.